Hi everybody. This is the Hackernoon podcast and today we have a special guest with us. Her name is Jennifer Hooper. She heads the Codish podcast which is brought to you by Heroku. It is a part of the uh, Heroku family which is a part of the Salesforce family but with Jennifer Hooper like Codish had its own uh, legs to stand on. It exists uh, separately from Heroku. and today we would be talking about how she like took this podcast uh an avenue that is not much liked by developers but she has worked at it and made it into something that we all know and love and today we would be talking about how does a technology podcast grow like what does it take i know everybody knows that it takes blood sweat and tears that's true but there is some secret magic to it and we hope that jennifer would tell us more about it so without wasting much time i'd like to introduce jennifer to you guys and let her tell us a few things about what she has been up to and what she plans to do next hi jennifer Hello, thank you for having me on. I wanted to start by, you know, talking a little bit about Codish um just to make sure that people have a little bit of the history because I think that will help in what I'm talking about. So Codish was a podcast that uh, myself and some of our developer advocates had launched a little over a year ago now. And we really wanted to create something that was giving back to the community, something that was aimed at developers. um and that they found use inspiration um or value from um when we first brought it out we wanted to um think about what types of content we would put on there and so we came up with four categories um we post things in the category of dev life which is all around things that are useful as a person it could be you know we have episodes on meditation for example we have episodes on working remotely um mm-hmm. and things along those lines We also have um a section called tools and tips. Um and the tools and tips could be anything from you know learning how to speak at a conference um wow. to having a tool that's like a technical tool and how to do that. Um we do um technical deep dives and we call um um and then we also have a section called Heroku in the wild. And you know when we created this, we I created guidelines and everything and it's very clear we're not looking to promote Heroku we're not looking to advertise Heroku we're not looking to advertise um or allow anyone else to advertise on here we wanted the content to be relevant and so if someone comes in and is talking about Heroku it's more of a deep dive about how someone solved something um you know to make it be useful and of interest you know we mm-hmm. if, if we don't want to listen to it we don't think our audience will want to listen to it and so that's kind of our bar right we're we're really aiming at that we are love it like that's no lie and like i would like want to know your perspective as to like why you chose to take the difficult path like just off the top of my head like i'm pretty sure that there are thousands if not tens of thousands of people who would die to like have the heroku name behind it and plaster it front right and center and you guys went the other way like you belong to the heroku family and you were like now nah, please hands off I'll make sure that I build this thing on my own. What was the rationale behind it? Well, it really goes back to the purpose of this. We didn't want this to be something that was perceived as being, you know, only about Heroku or a vehicle that we were using to promote Heroku. We really wanted this to be something that was a community um effort and something that we were giving back to the community. And if we put the name Heroku in front of it, 
it just ruins that. Um, it limits what we're able to do. We spent a huge amount of time, I won't tell you how long, trying to come up with a good name. And when we actually came up with, with the name Codish, we thought about you know all different ways that we could write it. We wanted to write it so that it um, you know looked like code. What we didn't know is that using brackets in a name of a podcast is not the best idea because a lot of the <laughs> podcast platforms don't allow you to, you know, don't search doesn't work very well on those unless you search with the brackets. So, you know, we've definitely had some learnings along the way. Um, but this is, you know, it was something that we did as a labor of love and something that we want to keep doing as, you know, something where we're giving back to the community and allowing people to have a voice. And um, so we wanted it to stand on its own. And that's really mm -hmm. been its goal. Nice, nice. And now I'd like to know a bit about like how was your first podcast like recording experience like? I remember mine. I want to know <laughs> about yours. Well, let me tell you, I um, have never done a podcast before this. And so I'm, I'm, you know, at least smart enough to know when I don't know what I don't know. And so I did hire a really good audio um, engineer who was able to give us some pointers and um, who was able to, you know, work with us to edit some, you know, on the editing. But I think anyone, in all honesty, who listens to, not all, because I, you know, one of the things that we really wanted to do in line with making this um, a, a podcast for the community is make this a, a podcast for all of Heroku to feel like they can participate in. So you will hear different hosts. I always look to connect different hosts to different guests to make sure that you know we're finding people who are passionate about what they're talking about um, mm -hmm. but we've had a lot of challenges with you know sometimes the sound isn't as good as it could be sometimes there's noise and things that could have been avoided so we've been keeping a guide about best practices and it started probably about you know a couple inches long and it's now several pages so you know it's it's all a learning experience and we're just doing the best we can um, so it's really me running it. Um, I, I do have the audio engineer. I have someone who helps me with some of the writing. And, you know, but it's just something that we're, that I'm loving. I really love um, working on this podcast. Oh, nice, nice. And how long does it like take you guys to record a, record a podcast and getting it from pre-production to like taking it live? Like what is, what are your timelines like? Like, is it a past? Is it a part of your best practices document? And like, would you be willing to share that document with us? I will certainly share the um, the remote practices um, document. I can easily share that. In terms of the turnaround, it varies. If I know in advance that I want to do a special episode or something that I need to get out quickly, I can really turn things around within a week. But that's pushing people to do things. So my standard turnaround is you know two weeks or longer. Um, right now, I am in a fantastic position where I have podcasts that are already scheduled and recorded um, through the end of July, but I'm also struggling now with what is the right amount of time to have recorded a podcast before it goes live. And so I'm still learning some of those pieces. Um, I started out doing two episodes a week. I was getting feedback that that was probably too much. So now I've gone down to one a week, but I put out some special episodes. You know, for example, we did something celebrating Asian Heritage um, uh, Month uh, in, you know, that was in May in the United States, and that just went out last Thursday. So, you know, we're 
we're putting out some of these special episodes that are more timely or more special interest, but mm -hmm. I still don't have the, you know, all of those things completely nailed down. So as I said, it's a learning experience all the way. <laughs> Agreed. And I guess like everything is a learning experience, like you spoke about the production side of things. And it mm -hmm. agrees, like when you are building something, especially if you are a developer or a product guy, you know that there will always be fires. It's about getting stuff mm -hmm. out of the door and how yeah. quickly can you do it and how well is your packaging. I understand that. Now, if I talk about the other side of things, which is the mm -hmm. distribution side of things, which includes the magical words of search engine optimization. Mm -hmm. So like, I guess that's a battle unto itself where everybody has their own opinions as to what works, what doesn't work. Google has been helpful in terms of not letting us know anything at all as to how the <laughs> search engine works. So how well, do you guys like, take care of it? <laughs> Yeah, and with Google, once you know something, they change it because you figured it out. So yeah. it's always a moving target. So yeah. there's a few things that we do. You know, when when I created the guide around you know how we do best practices, you know, we do look at how we name things and making sure that those are in words that people understand what the topic is. You know, that's important for search engine optimization, but more importantly, it's it's important for the user or the pr perspective listener of the podcast. We want mm -hmm. someone. I would hate to have someone feel like they thought it, the podcast was going to be about something and then they listened and it was about something else. So, you know, we try to be yeah. very realistic about, you know, what you're going to hear. Mm -hmm. um, we also, you know, put information in the show notes and in the description. And then we also list the transcripts. So we do, you know, the full transcript of every podcast we put up on the site. So that gives people, it, we do that for two reasons. Um, the primary one is that some people like to read instead of listen, and yeah. so we want to give people that option. Um, but the second reason is sometimes people search for something, and you know, audio search is not quite as strong as some other yeah. things yet. So um, you know, allowing people to be able to find something that they wouldn't otherwise find because it's um, you know within the transcript, we, we feel is also another useful um, tool mm -hmm. for people to for people to find things that are meaningful for them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that brings me to an interesting question, like when you talk about like uh, searches based on audio not being as good, like uh, do you believe that Google and Facebook and all of these guys are listening to, to us when we speak via our microphones or via our like mobile phones or like do you believe it's just coincidence? You know, there's too many things that are coincidence for me to think that there's not some listening, but honestly, I think about what they could listen to when I'm talking and I'm like, well, they must be awfully bored. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think there's a, so, you know, I think, I think every company service tool out there is looking to constantly improve. Mm -hmm. And when you're in the market, um, you know, of mass data as the Googles and the Facebooks and things of the world are, you know, wanting to make it so that you're finding what you're looking for, um, but even if, if I'm looking for something and you're looking for the same word, you might be looking for something totally different than I am. So it is a hard thing. So they are always looking for context. And so I appreciate their struggles and I know that that's what they are doing, but it wouldn't surprise me one bit um, at all if we found out that yes, they were listening to all of this to learn more about me. There's just, there are too many coincidences of things. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
And you brought up another interesting point, which was regarding your audience. So your audience is very niche. Like it's not as if it's an like audience that let's say listens to a certain kind of a music, like let's say a rock genre or like something like that. It's very specific. It is for programmers who make up a minority in our world, like whichever way we, we like look at it. At technology companies, we might feel that, okay, so everybody is a developer, but it is not the case with the rest of the world. So your audience is very niche and you make it a point to ensure that whoever visits your website is not via clickbait. So it's not as if like somebody was looking at something like, okay, learn to code in Python in 30 minutes and they visit the website and they see, okay, it's going to be a really long task for them. It's not that you keep it very specific. So like, are there any trade-offs for it? Like, are there any thoughts around it as to how you guys like manage to keep it fresh for people whose learnings need to keep growing forever. You needed to know PHP back in the day. Today is something else. Tomorrow it will be something else. I recently found out that everybody hates PHP. I didn't know that. <laughs> I have used PHP in the past, so um, no comment on that one. Um, <laughs> well, what we're always looking for are things that we find interesting. So, you know, I did more development in my younger career years than I do now. So I, you know, not the person who's gonna sit down and, and, you know, write all the code or you wouldn't wanna pay me to do that. But I work with, you know, I, I have that mindset and I work with so many developers and anything subjects that I see that are getting them excited you know, are candidates for, you know, great podcast episodes. So that's, you know, the biggest way that I find content is by listening to conversations, listening, um, not eavesdropping, but, you know, if someone's presenting something and people are asking a lot of questions and it's like, oh, and that's something that's not too niche, that feels like that would be like a really great, um, sorry, my earbud fell out. <laughs> I think that would be a really great, um, you know, uh, possibility to put up on Codish. And then especially when there's, you know, newer technologies or web standards or things that we're passionate about. Um, you know, we um, have done several podcasts on accessibility and that's something that is part of a lot of the things that we support at Heroku. Um, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's Pride Month now and you'll see some um, Pride things being highlighted on our sites and the values that we have internally, we also, not in a preachy way, um, you know, want to be able to um, put some of those thoughts out there as, a, you know, speaking like real people, um, because ev everybody out there is a real person and that's what we're looking yeah. to do. I guess like this is a problem that most technology companies face because we interact so much with computers that mm -hmm. we start to think algorithmically or like maybe I'm like, like maybe I'm like using the word wrong, but we start to think of the world as black and white. We don't see grays. Mm -hmm. We don't see a lot of the things. We lose our emotions. It's like just to like put things very like simply. And like it's really nice that like, you guys think about these things that we are humans after all. We are built up of multiple emotions and whatnot. So yeah, this is very nice to hear. So like uh, what could we expect in this like upcoming Pride Month? Like can you give us a sneak peek of time? Well, I think it's quite likely that you're going to see some special episodes um, that will be focused on um, pride in one way or another coming up. Um, so that will definitely be happening. Mm -hmm. 
this isn't podcast related, but if you go to heroku.com slash art um, mm -hmm. and use the hashtag pride or just scroll down the page, whichever you prefer, um, mm -hmm. we've launched some new um, wallpaper to celebrate pride. So mm -hmm. we did some last year that was really um, successful and I have a fantastic designer on my team. His name's Charlie. Let's give him mm -hmm. a shout out. Um, yeah. You know, he designed that. So he's also designed the Codish logo and everything else that we've done. So, you know, we are just looking to, and not just talk about it. There's so many things that people are doing internally. We want those stories to come out. Yeah. Um, so, so that's really what it's about. It's not about promoting ourselves or promoting that we value this. It's about being authentic with you know who we are and not hiding from what we're not good at because there's you know a lot of things that we're not good at too so you know those are the stories that i like to tell mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. nice and i'd like to know more about like what does a regular day when you guys are recording a podcast looks like is it that all of you guys clocking at clocking at 6 a.m and then clock out like when it's done like walk me through a day like maybe a day when you were like oh my god when will this podcast end <laughs> well it's not quite um you know because we went the route of you know using different hosts and if you listen you'll also hear different um Hirokai, that's what we call uh, uh -huh. you know, work here. Um, you'll hear different voices at the introduction for every episode and so we did that on purpose because we really wanted the podcast, as I said, to be for, you know, from all of Heroku. So you'll hear all of these different voices. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, sometimes we'll have two or three podcasts recorded in a day. And sometimes people will go off and record them and something just shows up in my inbox, like, here you go, I'm done. Here's the file. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's not quite as um, centralized as, you know, that. So it's just a matter of getting things scheduled. You know, I manage all of the production pieces of it. So I have to make sure that I've got, I try really hard not to have too many things of the same type in a row and, mm -hmm. you know, trying to, to vary those and trying to time things to something that might be, you know, relevant at the same time. So, but I've had a few periods where I was expecting a podcast and for one reason or another, it didn't come through. And then I had to scramble. So I definitely called on favors for, hey, can you do this really quickly? And, you know, getting it posted like minutes before it's going out through the RSS feed. And um, we send an email to that you can subscribe to, to, you know, learn what, you know, for each podcast. So <laughs> yeah, there's definitely been some of those just in time kind of episodes as well. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. And I'm sure it won't be the last time, yeah. <laughs> that is the beauty of the creative side of things. Like, people think that programming is black and white, but if you, like, look at it, like, it's creative, it's art, it takes time. Like, you might write a program a certain way, the other guy writes it in a very different way. And podcasts, like, they just take it to another level where they have a different way of talking, a different way of presenting things and whatnot. So, yeah, I get it. Would you like to also share some tidbits about, like, what is that secret ingredient that you guys put into your podcast? Like, how do you get that distribution? Everybody wants to know. Everybody has an idea. I want to know from someone who got it cracked. 
is there a secret door that you guys like walked by? We're like, okay, so we found the secret door. The first rule of the next floor is never tell it to the guys on the lower floor. <laughs> I'm a big believer in sharing all learnings. Um, and I also will say, I think we've cracked the door, but we can always improve. Um, I ask everybody all the time for any feedback that they have on things we could do differently, things we could do better, things that people want to hear. You know, I think the thing that has made Coders successful is that we do have people being authentic on there. And we are very true to our mission of making sure that all of the posts are, you know, not everything's going to be interesting to everybody. Um, yeah. But everything is aimed at a developer audience, you know, either at the person themselves. Um, you know, like I said, we have a dev life series and we were really passionate about doing that because we really want to make sure that we're, you know, being able to speak about all of these different things. And we wanted to make sure it never felt like it was a waste of your time or that you were being marketed to. And so that's, you know, just keeping true to our mission and our values, I think, um, and delivering consistently on those is what makes for, you know, a good podcast that people start to trust in terms of the content that's coming. Mm -hmm. Got it. And uh, like, what would be your advice to someone who was uh, starting their podcast, like maybe in terms of tools that they should use, some good practices that like mm -hmm. can only be learned via trial and error, which you learn and might maybe think that the new guy might need that help from. Um, so I, a few things. One is we, you know, when we put this out, we decided to host it ourselves. And, you know, I don't like to put in all of the tracking and other information, you know, so I only know directional measurements. I don't know, like, completely accurate measurements, but that's fine. That's not what we're going for here. Um, so I think the thing that is, I, what I would say is my biggest advice is be clear about what you're trying to do with a podcast and what it's about and what voice you want to have and always stay true to that as soon as you start um, deviating from that or bouncing around it makes it very hard for people to engage with it and to know what to expect so i think that's one thing mm -hmm. you know the second thing is is just to learn um you know if something didn't work well um you know somebody you know just be able to laugh at the things that you get wrong and you know do something else it's just that's make it a labor of love not a, a job to do it it's just it's a fun thing to um put out mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like and uh, uh in terms mm -hmm. sorry in terms of other advice just don't use special characters in your name <laughs> 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 definitely a learning <laughs> <laughs> so like you guys never toyed with the idea of changing your name or like you guys had grown into such a big organization in terms of readership that you chose that okay we are going to stick with it because this is how like this is what we are now codish is what codish is um in fact we've launched um um some of my colleagues in japan have launched a japanese version of it so if you speak mm -hmm. japanese you can actually listen to not translated versions, but your own unique versions that are recorded in Japanese. Um, wow. And so they leveraged all of the same practices that we had done in the United States to do them in Japan as, as made sense. And so it's really around, you know, we will, Kodish will exist. Um, as long as Kodish exists, it will um, be exactly as it is today. 
a podcast for developers. Um, at some point, if Kodish, we say, you know what, we can't support this anymore, or um, this doesn't make sense, or any of those other things, it will stop existing. But as long as I have a say, at least I should say, um, you know, or anyone that I work with, you know, we won't want to change the per the purpose of this. This is Kodish. If we wanted to do a different kind of podcast, we would create a different podcast. Mm -hmm. Got it. And like, how do you see the world of those YouTube programmers who are like, okay, I just need a chalk and a board and I will teach you what a class is or what an instance is. Like there are those side of things. And then there is like people who do it very profit. Like, although I'm not saying that those guys don't do it professionally because it is professional, mm -hmm. but like, uh, how do you like guys, like, what do you guys think about that side of the industry? who are like not hosting it on their, on their own platform, probably don't have the kind of resources that you guys do, or like maybe they do, I don't know. But like, how do you like see them? And like, oh, what do you think that the future holds? Is it going to be more YouTube driven and anchor.fm driven, or is it going to be self-hosted? Something like, like maybe Joe Rogan was back in the day, but like, although now he sound up, he like signed off to like Spotify. Yeah. You know, I think if you look at the history of, of things, you know, online and the internet, you see a lot of, you know, different solutions that people create and things that they do and they host themselves. And then you see that some of the uh, more standard solutions become, you know, more accessible with, with you know, easier to use. Um, the cost comes down or becomes free and you know you'll see that there's all of those things and so it's kind of an ebb and flow I think so I think in terms of the future there will be more standardization on some of the platforms but then there'll be the next new thing that we're not doing yet and we'll have all of those new you know tools and platforms and things out there if you look at like podcasts you look at you know there's the main you know, some of the main um, podcast sites you know like Apple Podcasts and Google Play and, and those. But then you've got a, a world of apps that have been created that are just allowing you to sit on top of those and customize like individual at the episode level instead of at the show level. Mm -hmm. And you know I think things will keep getting smarter and smarter. I think more and more types of information is going to get consolidated. And I think mm -hmm. that's the, the biggest trend that we see It's just, you keep getting all, more and more great information, but it's impossible to keep up with everything. So how do you, you know, so I think as you watch how things evolve, a lot of it's really about how can you make it so that the end user can actually pay attention and, um, you know, find the things that are of interest to them instead of just all of the noise that, you know, you mm -hmm. feel like you're underneath a, an avalanche under. So I think, and in terms of video versus audio versus writing, I think there's, I think there's multiple pieces to that. One, I think certain pieces of content or things you're trying to teach might um, be easier to do in different, um, in different you know, uh, types of, of content. Mm -hmm. But I also think that they can supplement each other really well. Um, I will, um, on our engineering blog, you'll see several articles that we've written recently that are expanding on things that we've talked about on Codish and then point mm -hmm. to Codish for you know, more detail. So, you know, there's some people who like to read um, for, you know, some people like to listen and some people who like to, you know, kind of watch. 
And then there's also different things that you can say in each of those. And I think they can easily supplement, you know, all of them can supplement each other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Got it. Nice. And like now I have a question related to uh, what I think is more the new normal related kind of a thing. So earlier, like podcasts could easily be longer because most of the people listening to them were listening to them during their commutes or listening to them on their free times. But today where everybody is home, I guess people are like listening to podcasts like a lot more, yes, but their attention spans are smaller because now they are checking their phones for their Facebook messages or whatnot while they are listening to podcasts. So because of that, I see a growing trend where what people do is that they release small snippets of their like content pieces. Like I don't want to use the word podcast because it's video and audio and mm -hmm. sometimes it's both like all the like video like has audio mm -hmm. but coming back so they have snippets of that so instead of a 30 minute episode what they do is that they have five minute snippets and then a 30 minute episode so now instead of a uh, one 30 minute episode they have six pieces of five minutes each and then that 30 minute thing so now they have seven sources of like views coming over to them has heroku tried that model or will heroku like look into that sometime later you know, that's something we need to figure out. You'll see that we are, um, you know, putting, I'm still putting out the podcasts. I'm still doing that. We definitely have a change in listenership, as you would expect. I mean, I used to commute an hour and a half each, well, an hour to an hour and a half each direction. Wow. And I don't have that commute time anymore. Um, so that's where a lot of people do listen to things like podcasts or other things where, you know, either on their way to work or on their way home. And when you're not commuting to work or home from work, you don't have that time. Yeah. And when you are, um, you know, at home, a lot of people now, you know, will have their families there, will have, you know, children, pets, um, maybe parents, things, you know, other things that are taking up their attention. Yeah. And so I, I, I definitely think some of these things like podcasts and videos are um, things that are, um, people just don't have as much time for. Um, you know, we are seeing that people are still really listening to the newest episodes we put out, but some of the plays of ones that people might be searching for for some of the older ones definitely seem like uh, they're going down, but, you know, that's okay. Like, you know, I'm not in this for measuring the numbers completely. I mean, I am look at numbers to make sure that I'm doing things that people are um, finding value in or else they wouldn't be coming back. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not a pure numbers game on our side. Um, in you know, we have played with different formats of things. Uh, a lot of the podcasts we do, we try to make them between 25 and 35 minutes at most. And mm -hmm. if they are longer, we'll break them up. Mm -hmm. If you break them up too much longer, though, I think a lot of these just, you know, they're, they're telling the story. They're not going to be as useful. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah, if, so that was a very long answer to if it makes sense, you know, we do have some bite-sized things that we put up on YouTube about using, um, you know, Heroku and seeing those things, mm -hmm. which we'll keep doing. Um, but things like, you know, some of the podcast episodes, I don't see us, uh, I don't think that I'll be changing them quite a bit. Um, but, you know, even in the past, I put out an episode that was only like 10 minutes, mm -hmm. but it's like, but that's how long it was. So it's totally fine. Um, so. <laughs> 
I don't know if that answered your question or not, but I think to me it's more about the making sure that we're not artificially limiting something just because we feel like, you know, we, we want to be sensitive to the situation and not overwhelm people and we want to provide things of value. Mm -hmm. But sometimes giving smaller pieces of things can diminish the value. So it, it's a trade-off that we're always, you know, mm -hmm. that always open to. I'll just leave it at that. I can totally understand. Yeah, I guess because we cannot see the future and like it could be anything. Yeah, I get it. Now, I'd like to know more about in terms of marketing. Mm -hmm. Because you are in the industry of creating content, especially original content, you would have been propositioned by certain like, I, I, I wouldn't use the word shady organizations, but let's say organizations who are into the marketing business who tell you, Oh, so you have a podcast, we'll market it, we'll make sure that you have a million views, we'll make sure yeah. that it gets upvoted by 200,000 people in the first one hour. Do you know people who use that? And like, what do you think about it? It's the fake it till you make it business. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anyone who uses those services, but I will tell you, I am approached frequently and I'm approached frequently not just for podcasts, but for our website, for, you know, people wanting to post things on our blog and they'll pay us money and where they want to put ads on there. And so there are so many opportunities if that's the way you want to go. I don't, I mean, for some people, maybe that's useful. I don't know those scenarios for us. You know, like I said, we really wanted this to be something that was relevant for developers and we, we wanted to control the quality we want to control, um, you know, what we put out there. And that also includes where it's, how it's presented to the world. And some of these services, while I'm sure they do great things mm -hmm. um, in some cases, getting like oversaturation of a brand in places where it doesn't make sense mm -hmm. is actually a negative to me. Um, yeah. You know, when, when I see those brands everywhere, and I, you know, it makes me not want to use a product, right? Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. It does the opposite <laughs> to me. So I, like I said, I'm more of, I'm not focused. And when I say I, it's, you know, I'm lucky enough that my organization supports me in this too. Mm -hmm. It's not about the pure numbers. It's not about making sales. It's not about that. It's about delivering something that's giving mm -hmm. back to the community. And so that's really what our focus is. And it's not about the promotion mm -hmm. of it in a you know, trying to get up to millions and millions and millions of viewers, like, right away. <laughs> but you are too, like, nice in your answer. Like, I'll try to poke around a bit. Like, you must have been <laughs> approached by people who go and say, okay, I'll help you increase your site authority or your domain authority. Have you never felt the urge to tell them, dude, I am a top 1000 website according to Alexa. Are you going to help me improve? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, well, we also get ones where people. Are you going to improve? Well, I will tell you some of my favorite ones are people telling yeah. us about. Oh my gosh, your site has so many errors, or oh, you really need to change this because it's like, no, come on. Or people who write to me and spell Heroku wrong. <laughs> I'm like, mm, I can help you improve your site quality, dear Herco E or something. It's like, okay, yeah, no, so. We've had some, you know, 
there's always like kind of the wall of, of fame or shame, however you want to look at it, of, mm-hmm. of some of the people reaching out to us and, you know, so yes, I've never bought in, I've never bought one of those things and I've never um, followed up on one of those, but <laughs> yes. I guess the urge like must have been there to respond to these people. And if you haven't, yes, you can use this platform to respond to all of them at once. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's like, get it. that's the one thing I would say is, you know, I know it's the same group of people sending the same, you know, you get the same exact message with the same typos from multiple different people. It's like, if we're not interested, we're not going to be interested if you send it under another name. Just, you know, come on, <laughs> leave us alone. I bet that that would be truly appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. And with that, like, uh, we are approaching the end of our podcast. And I'd like to ask you if you have any messages for your Hakanoon readers. Oh, I would just say, you know, thanks for listening um, here. If you have any, if there's absolutely anything at all, like feedback that you have on Kodish or any questions, feel free to. Um, you know, reach out to me. You can find a feed, a link. Uh, just send it to feedback at heroku.com. Uh, I shouldn't say that here. Um, I do get that. Um, it is not for support or anything like that, but you can send, you know, comments about the podcast or feel free to reach out to me directly. Um, and just, you know, Hacker Noon's a great place to find content. We've definitely um, shared a lot of content through there. We've done some great AMAs. We're looking forward to doing more. So um, love the community there. Definitely. And I'd like to add over here that Heroku is one of the very few organizations that create original content as a brand just for Hacker Noon. Like you have your own huge repository of blogs and whatnot, and you choose to create new content every time. Like that is very appreciated by me, by the Hacker Noon team, as well as our like entire readership. And with that, I'd like to take your leave. Thank you for your time, Jennifer. Thank you for being on the Hacker Noon podcast. Looking forward to have you again. All right. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you. All right. Thank you.